Hi and welcome to today's video where we're going to be talking about a serious topic which is CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. Now before you say okay Neil I've heard all about these over and over again, it's a very boring topic, I'm not going to be talking about any of the boring stuff, I'm going to be talking about some of the more disturbing things that I'm surprised no one else is talking about, how these are going to completely change the world as we know it, uh, the, the world of banking and finance and most importantly control in the form of carbon and social credit scores which have already been implemented and trialled in certain countries. In effect the government will own you, they'll tell you how, when and where you can spend your money which is actually currency which we'll distinguish uh, in a moment within your bank account. And no I'm not scaremongering or exaggerating here, this has already been trialled and it's already underway. So let's begin with the main difference then between money and CBDCs. Most people think they're the same thing including fiat currencies as well but they are definitely not. Then we'll go into my concerns around all of this and then how they're going to implement it with the step-by-step -step stages with timelines. And then I'll conclude with how in the future they will create a one world CBDC to control them all. So for those of you who like this stuff, no, this will be the germ-spreading filthy virus uh, cash which will be banned. Because if you control the money supply, you pretty much control everything. So let's first look at what the differences are between these four types of payment system. And we'll begin with this stuff which you call money but is actually a fiat currency. We'll then go on to the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, third column will be Bitcoin or you can say some other sort of uh, cryptocurrency which is similar to Bitcoin and then in fourth place will be this stuff, this is gold. So let's look to the screen now then and let's see how they differ. So let's begin then with the properties of money. What is it that makes money money? Well number one, is it durable? And the answer is to all four of these types of payment system, yes they are all durable. Are they all divisible? Again the answer is yes. Are they all portable? Can you transport them around quite easily? Again the answer is yes, although when it comes to gold it becomes a lot more difficult if you have large amounts of it, but it still is portable. The next point is acceptable. Are these all acceptable forms of payment? Now in general I'm going to say yes to all of them, but there could be an argument that some people simply wouldn't accept a central bank digital currency as payment, other people will not accept Bitcoin as payment and others still may not accept gold as payment. But in general I'm going to give them all a tick here. Are they all uniform? Is each unit of account similar? Again the answer is yes. But this is where we start to see a difference and this is in the limited number of supply. Gold is limited in supply because it has to be mined and there's only a certain amount on the planet. Bitcoin also has to be mined so it has a cap or a total supply of 21 million Bitcoin. However when it comes to fiat currencies or central bank digital currencies these are not limited in supply. 
So this is where they fall short as money. Because what are we seeing right now? We're seeing rampant inflation. And this is as a result of the currency supply being extended. So if you think of a $100 bill like this, you see this as valuable and worth $100. But actually, if you had $100 like this a couple of years ago, it would buy you a lot more than it would today. But remember, all fiat currency eventually ends up like this bag of $150 worth of shredded paper here, which I got from the Mint in Washington, DC. Which means that both Bitcoin and gold are a far superior store of value to a CBDC or a fiat currency, which the governments or the central banks can just keep printing into infinity. And remember, not one single fiat currency has ever survived the test of time. Out of the tens of thousands of them, they have always gone to zero. If you're getting value from this podcast, then you're going to love my private community, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Neil McCoy Ward. We have over a thousand members in that community. It is a fantastic community of like-minded friends committed to finance and economics. Every month, not only do you get my investment-based posts, but you also get a video which is all about macro and investing. So if you're not sure what to do with your money at the moment and how to invest going forward, you should So let me cover off then the next part of the video, which is my main concerns around a CBDC. So point number one then is that the CBDC would not be decentralized like cryptocurrencies are where it's voted upon. No, a centralized exchange for a CBDC is controlled by a very small handful of people at the central bank in conjunction with the government. And you'll notice I didn't mention anything about a commercial bank here. Why is that? Well, it's because I believe a central bank digital currency will completely eradicate all commercial banks in time. Because if you think about it, why would we need banks anymore? Or why would the central bank want commercial banks, which are their competition? No, they just wanna be able to deal directly with the citizens via a digital wallet. Now, of course, this raises a number of concerns because what will the government do? Yes, they can direct deposit funds into your digital wallet, but at the same time, when it comes to paying your taxes, they can just as easily deduct them. Oh, they took too much in taxes, you say? Well, now it's up to you to appeal it. And of course, we've heard all the news about how banks discriminate against people by using credit scores. So some of the policies that the central bank wants to enact by using these CBDCs is not a credit score, but a social credit score. Need a mortgage in the future? Let me just check your social credit score here. Or maybe I'll check your carbon footprint to see how many carbon credits you've consumed this month. Either way, the diversity and friendly credit score that we have currently based on mathematics and your ability to pay seems to be looking like a thing of the past in the future. What about socialism at the click of a button? They can simply take money from some people and give it to others because remember, you don't have control of your, your digital currencies, these CBDCs, the central bank does. So imagine that your family has been saving 
for multiple generations and built up a good amount of wealth or savings in one of these bank accounts, or maybe you've saved up through your life savings by working hard. Well, what if the government decides that there's just too much money in the hands of some people and not enough in the hands of others, and they wanna redistribute it? How are you honestly gonna stop them from doing that? Because it is law. What about bail-ins? Bail-ins are also law now. How are you gonna stop a bail-in if the central bank wants to do this? And talking about this stuff again, so it doesn't matter what sort of currency you're holding, whether it's US dollars, euros, British pounds, whatever, this stuff is dirty as we've been told over the last couple of years. And we must eradicate cash immediately because it's just the worst thing in the world. Well, think about this for a second. Cash actually gives you freedom. But with a CBDC, the government is gonna be able to look at every single transaction that you make. And what if you're spending too much money with things that the government doesn't approve of? If they've got ultimate power over your currency in the bank, don't you think they're gonna take some sort of action there? And for those people who say, come on, Neil, this is never gonna happen. None of this stuff will happen. Well, remember, these are the same people that said two years ago that this you know, virus issue would be gone within six months. And yet now today, look at Australia, look at these detention camps, look at what's happening in Germany as of this week. People would have said a couple of years ago, this stuff would have never happened again. And yet here we are. So overall, when these CBDs come in, you have honestly got no choice but to trust that the government is keeping your funds safe. And that's a big ask considering what happened over the last couple of years. And what about the government who decades ago wanted to create a nation of savers now doing a U-turn and wanting to create a nation of spenders? You might ask, Neil, why is this? Why would the government want that? Very simple, a concept I've covered many times before, the velocity of money. You see, money velocity is a very important concept because if you just take a $100 bill and you put it under your mattress, well, the velocity ends there. It doesn't go anywhere. But if you take that $100, you spend it somewhere, that person then spends it, that person then spends it, you've now got a velocity of say three or four. Guess what? Each time that money goes from person to person, the government is taxing that money. So of course they wanna create more tax money and more money velocity. So what they trialed in China very successfully, there was a 90% success rate with this project, was to give people CBDC into digital wallets, but then put an expiration date on the currency. So if you didn't spend the currency by the expiration date, it either expired or you got penalized. So now you can see why I'm so concerned about the implementation of CBDCs. But let's come on to the stages now then, the five stages that I've identified, which by you actually uh, looking at these and monitoring them, you'll see in advance what's actually happening. So let's begin with stage one, which actually happened last year, and we're deep into stage one now, which is to give out free stimulus to people. And this was a very successful project by the government because people didn't save this money. No, no, they took their stimulus, they went out and spent it. So this did several things that were positive for the government. Number one, it was a proof of concept case for them knowing that CBDCs would work in a similar fashion. Number two, it created money velocity. So they got more tax revenue. 
And number three, it created more inflation because you now had more currency chasing the same amount or fewer goods because of the supply chain breakdowns. And what does inflation do for government debt? It inflates it away. Stage two then, I think is no more than two to four years away perhaps. And that is the implementation of something like a UBI, a universal basic income, or even if we don't see that, some sort of welfare payment that will only be paid to people via digital wallets. Now you might say, but why would the government do that? How would they justify it? Very simply, uh, and here's the line, uh, we need to get these funds out to families quicker. Families are suffering. Uh, they can't wait three or four days to get these payments. They need these payments immediately, within minutes. You know, this is the sort of thing that they'll come up with in order to justify the digital wallets. Stage three, I think, is again anywhere from one to four or five years away, where I think the government will give an incentive to a large number of citizens or maybe a smaller number of a test group to download these digital wallets so that the government could then give you some free CBDC. Again, they trialed this in China. It was very successful because look, who's going to turn down free money? Now let's talk about stage four then, which it will really vary in terms of timeline. It could be one year, it could be 10 years. It depends on the different countries because some countries are a lot further along with implementing a CBDC than others. So stage four will be the nationwide implementation of the CBDC and digital wallets for all citizens. But how could they do this, Neil, you may ask? Well, I think they will mandate, as they have already been doing recently, they will mandate something that's a lot easier to implement. And that is that all citizens must download a digital wallet. Now, you might say, well, people just won't do it. Aha, this is where the mandate comes in for employers. So employers will be mandated to pay the wages of employees into these digital wallets. They won't be allowed to pay them into banks anymore. But what if the employer doesn't want to do it? There will be a large penalty on that employer to stop them from breaking the rules. But what about cash? What about people who are paid in cash? Again, I have a theory on this, especially around cash. I think each time someone takes their cash into the bank, the bank will take that cash and destroy it. And instead they'll deposit into your account a CBDC because I don't think banks are just going to be outlawed straight away. You will see banks and the, the central government, the CBDC, running side by side. So banks will actually have some sort of a digital wallet where they will manage your CBDC for you. So I think this is going to be phased out. So banks will eventually be phased out uh, because, again, why will the central bank need these commercial banks anymore? They won't. And just in case the banks do hang on, I think the central government then, the CBDC, They'll, they'll say something along the lines of, right, citizens, your funds, your savings in the bank are no longer safe anymore. The insurance, the FDIC or you, the insurance for your country is no longer valid. So it's up to you. You either leave your money in the bank, in, in the savings account, or you put them into the government account here, the central bank account which is safe. And look, look how many of these banks are going bankrupt and having problems at the moment. See, this is the sort of propaganda that will get put out. And then stage five, I think is very, very long term. This could be 20 years or so into the future. And that is the one coin to rule them all. 
What do I mean by this? Well, if you think of an example here, let me give you an example of how many currencies there used to be, thousands of different currencies. Now in the world, there are only around 180 currencies left. That's it. And look what happens when a currency dies. Look what happens to Venezuela or some of these other currencies. What do they do instead? They go to a stronger currency like the US dollar for Venezuela, for example. But just look how many other countries use the US dollar as their currency or as their second currency. What do you think is going to happen as more currencies have currency crises? Because again, we are at the end of this current cycle of of these currencies. They will eventually die what is it, 97, 98% of them now is debt, only 2% is actual value there. So they are a ticking time bomb. And then we'll see more consolidations. Look what happened in the Eurozone, where there were all these different currencies. Well, now what do they use? They use the Euro, which again is having problems of its own. So what happens when one of these larger currencies starts to fail? Well, I think, and it's just a theory, But I think maybe something like the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, backed up by our friends at the World Economic Forum. That's a joke, by the way, for those of you who take everything I say seriously, could then create this digital SDR and a DSDR or something similar to that. Because remember, the IMF has large gold reserves. They could back some of their currency with gold reserves. And just think how many uh, countries are in debt to the IMF right now. The IMF owns some countries via the collateral they've got with the, the debt, the money that they've loaned these countries. And in my mind, this really would be a worst case scenario. I think it's crazy the amount of people who are waving the flag for the IMF and the World Economic Forum, thinking these are great institutions. These are private institutions. You have to remember that they are private institutions pushing certain agendas. And just imagine if you have a private organization actually that controls the governments of the world, especially if they have a one coin or a one CBDC, because you've heard the expression many times before, but he who controls or she who controls the currency supply controls the people, controls everything. And just one final point, if you are worried about your money, your savings, you don't know how to invest, you've got a pension, you don't know what to do with your pension, um, you don't know how to allocate correctly, you just don't understand money, savings and investments, I'd like to invite you to come and have a look at my private community over on Patreon. The link will be below in the pinned comment and also in the description. Please come over, have a look. There is no commitment, just come and join for one month You can join for as little as $8 and get access to all of my content. There is so much content there. It would take you a month just to get through it all. Come over, trial it out for a month, see what you think, see if you enjoy it. Come and network in the forum with like-minded people as well. We have all sorts of threads from general investing, stock market, bonds, precious metals, mining, uranium, energy stocks, to cryptocurrencies, to trading. Uh, I mean, you name it, we've got it. We've even got homesteading and prepping and 
all sorts of controversial topics there as well. So I'd like to invite you to come over. Uh, but apart from that, thank you so much for watching this video today. I hope it was valuable. Hope it didn't scare you too much, but you've got plenty of time to start looking into alternative solutions now so that you don't get caught out by this. So thank you for clicking the like button for me, subscribing if you haven't already. And again, please leave me a comment. Let me know what you thought of this video. Apart from that, take care, God bless, and I'll see you next time.